Hey, patrons, this is uh, Scoots, and I just wanted to say that, like, I'm, I'm going to test this out in the uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends behind the binary part, but, uh, you know, t- t- tell me uh, w- what's your favorite Nana Cherry song, and if it's not the one I think it is, I'm going to be sh- surprised. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, hey, you have all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep, well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever has been keeping you awake, whether it's thinking, you know, thoughts, thinking stuff, uh, physical feelings, uh, sensations, emotions, past, present, future travel, you know, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to distract you from that. Take your mind off of that. What I'm going to do is create a safe place, and my attempt to create a safe place will be uh, send my voice across the deep, dark night, use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, and, you know, like uh, like, uh, extra words, just like you just witnessed there, unintentional... uh, like, uh, what do you call it when you're in a cartoon, when you're carrying too much, like this whole podcast is pretty much like a cartoon character when they're carrying too much stuff. Uh, cause when you're a human and you're carrying too much stuff, either you, you know, drop it or you get to, I mean, sometimes I do accidentally do comedic stuff uh, like a cartoon character, but I think if you look at the method, it's a me- more of a metaphor. Like cartoon characters, a lot of times it's boxes. Sometimes it's like bowls of soup or, I don't know, cartoon characters still carry too much stuff or now there's so many, they have, well, I got a pack for that now. But where they're bobbling stuff and then moving it and then uh, moving it around, uh, I do a lot of that, mis- like bob- mismanaging and bobbling I don't think it's called Bob. Maybe it is. Is that bobbling? Hopefully you like, uh, I mean, also I think I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm very much like a bobblehead, but uh, my sentences, they tend to bob. I guess like, oh yeah, I knew I'd get to something because uh, like bobbing in the water. Now that is a smooth motion. So we'll come back to that. Also Bob Bobberan, but I don't think that's, that's a B.A. But if you're new here, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you sleep. Uh, a few things you need to know. I'll tell you about the structure of the show and the fact that there's no rules. The structure of the show, there's five, six minutes at the top of the show. That's the business and the credits and stuff. You know, if you're new, if it's your first few episodes, you can kind of skip over it. If you're a regular listener, kind of critical to keeping the podcast free, the archives free, and the show going. So that's an essential part of the show to keep it going. After that, we do a 12 to 14-minute intro which is kind of like a show within a show that we're doing now. And it's kind of like a, to explain what the show is, introduce you to my bobble, the bobble method, you know, so you can you, you get your feet wet. Some people are brushing their teeth or rubbing their feet, ideally having their f- feet rubbed. Hello, are you listening next to me, partner? I'm talking to your partner right now. Uh, but, you know, it would like a, I mean, I, I'm not sending them subconscious message. It's more of like a, a indirect subconscious inference or something. I don't know what that even means. But uh, so then we did 12 minute intro. 
then there's a, a to, there'll be talk about Star Trek for about a 45 minutes to an hour. And then the end of the show is the thank yous and the good nights. If you're also new, uh, you don't need to listen. This is a podcast. You don't need to listen to it. Don't feel any pressure. It's supposed to t- engage you kind of and distract you and kind of like be like, okay, I can listen to this. It's way better. I mean, the whole idea, I don't think I've explained this. The whole idea, one of the ideas, uh, definitely not the, there's no holes in this podcast or this podcast is full of holes with H, but very few holes with the W. Other than the whole, the whole is like greater than the sum of its parts because I don't even know all the parts of the podcast. But, uh, uh, oh, the idea that you can't really think about and focus on two things at once. And it may be like this by focusing on my rambling and it's meandering and it's a slow, welcoming, calm, friendly pace. That's moderately funny and entertaining. Maybe that's like a little bit too much, but my ego's just going wild here. But it's the idea to put you at ease and you can kind of listen to me as opposed to like, for me, I'm an overthinker and I have a pretty big internal critic. Uh, so as opposed to listening to that and focusing on that, you just listen to me ramble because I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you don't need to listen to me. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like something we can both agree on, right? Uh, but I hope you listen just enough uh, to put you at ease, maybe to make you smile, maybe just to make your lips, uh, put them in a neutral position. Uh, and then also, so it's a, it's also a sleep podcast, not a sleep solution. So you shouldn't feel any pressure to fall asleep or be like, well, am I using this right or whatever? Uh, just listen and see how it goes. And ideally it will uh, help you fall asleep or take your mind off stuff and, and I can be, a kind of a presence to escort you while you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep into the sweet uh, uh, pillowy arms of Morpheus or whatever sleep god you prefer to um, spend your time with. Uh, you know, uh, what was that? A stay puff marshmallow man. That could be a modern uh, sleep sleep uh, sleep deity. So it's a podcast you don't really need to listen, and it's a sleep podcast that you don't need to feel pressure to fall asleep to. That's why I make the shows an hour, so there's plenty of time to drift off. And uh, you shouldn't feel obligated to like the show or like me. You should just try it out and see how it goes. And I just realized I said should four times, which is like a no-no. So I guess, I mean, you can. You're well, welcome to see how it goes if you're new. The majority of listeners say, they didn't quite get it till episode two or three, my second or third listen. So just see how it goes, uh, like, uh, and, and I hope it helps you. So I say to you, close everything. But bobbing, I think like, uh, well, there's bobbing for apples. Bobbing, the motion of bobbing is one of, I guess it is a gentle, sleepy motion. You have bobs. Uh, we have haircuts that are bobs. But I'm thinking more of like water-based bobs, like... Uh, I think those are things when you're fishing. Is that called a bobber or a floater or something? Or uh, the things between a boat or that you hook a boat up to, those bob. And when they bob, it's a nice up and down motion with the motion of the water. You sometimes makes a nice uh, slopping sound uh, that can be able to feel gentle and easy. So, th- so that's a nice thing is bobbing. And, uh, you know, you, you like, it's, it's a bit like rocking. You're right. Uh, so this podcast, uh, 
I don't know. I, I just say just like bobbing. You know those bobs that you get? I don't know if they're called bobs, but they're the red and white things that you go fishing with. I know fish as an adult. Uh, once you had to pay for a license, I think I stopped fishing because I, I didn't really do it that much anyway. Uh, but uh, I remember those bo- I remember those things. I think I don't know if they're called. There's sinkers and floaters maybe when you fish. Maybe. But I think those things are called bobs. Uh, they bobbed in the water, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I mean, that would be like my life is a bob. Like, uh, you just you sit around floating. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, so, so you know, I guess that's the end of the bobbing thing. Also, this episode tonight's a TNG episode, Sleep with TNG. I do like to quote some Star Trek. Tonight, uh, Data said, uh, it's traditional to say goodbye to your friends, uh, and he goes, I never knew what a friend was till I met Jordy. He spoke to me as if I was human, and he treated me no different than anyone else. He accepted me for what I am, and that I have learned is friendship. Uh, and I think that's an important thing to think about at bedtime, and it is really one of the uh, lower-level philosophies of this podcast. You know, I use the term brain bots. I think one of the listeners came up with that, but unfortunately I don't know who or whom. For grammar brain bots, but you know the the idea that there's these droids running around in our brain. For me, a lot of them are hyper vigilant or hypercritical, and really they're just these unifunction uh, personality parts. Or if we just view them externally as brain bots, and they they're they're really in this protective role, but they're maladapted. You know, like uh, like you say, what do, I got a brain. What do I need all these droids up in there? Well, we just run around in your brain worrying about stuff or criticizing, you know, sending out a lot of alerts and apps and, and stuff. And they say, well, I'm going to go to bed now. Let's see, exactly. So it's quiet. We want to read you our reports. Uh, and, you know, tr- you know, we like uh, most of our, well, do you have any good news? Report? Like, do you, do you do, 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 do brain bots do bedtime stories? They don't. Uh, but I think it can feel a little uh, antagonistic, at least for me at bedtime, when you got all these parts, you getting on your case, we'll say, lately. And then you can, then I can fall into a trap uh, where it's like, a you know, debating or battling or shaming and say, well, geez, I wish you just leave me alone. I just want to go to sleep, you know, in the, in the, like, but this podcast, I try to take a different uh, tactic with that uh, of friendship, uh, and say, hey, well, maybe it's it's maybe it's tough being a brain bot and only having this one function, and your function is this hyper vigilance function. Uh, for some reason, I have like forty five. You'd think it'd be uh, one of those would be too much, uh, but I don't know if it's my DNA or whatever. I said, well, wait, Scoots needs about forty five of those. How many shame brain bots does a normal person need? Zero point five. All right, let's see if we could get Scoots about 76 of those, too. So, but it can be hard, I, I would imagine, uh, like being a brain bot. And you say, well, I just got this one hypervigilance function, and that's what my programming's for. So I try to take, say, hey, well, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to help your brain bots uh, fall asleep, too. I'm going to be here to keep you all company. And I'm gonna be your boyfriend, like, cause you, you, like, I'm gonna try to put you asleep, but you don't need to really listen to me. You can just kind of listen to me. You don't really have to fall, feel pressure to fall asleep, cause I'll be here till the very end, in case you can't. And, and like, I'll be working the whole time. It's not like at some point I stop and I just, uh, 
you know, read something lately. Like it's always, I don't know. I, I do my best. I guess that's what I really mean. And I do my best to, cause I care not just about all of you that are listening, but those little parts of us that are like uh, mosaic, like, uh, like made from little broken pieces, you know, and they want to be part of this larger sculpture or whatever, you know, metaphor. Do you like that metaphor brain bats? Cause then I can put you in sleep. I'd have to put you in sleep mode though. So you wouldn't be moving around at bedtime. I guess we could. We could just make a mosaic of bots, a bot mosaic. Uh, we could do that with a Raspberry Pi. Oh, you want to eat a Raspberry Pi? Well, are you a droid? I don't know. Sorry, I'm engaging your brain bot right now. Well, let me get back to your humans. I'm going to tell us talk about Star Trek tonight. I'm hoping all of you are going to listen. The brain bots. Uh, you're human though, so you can listen. I'll, I'll be keeping your brain bots in your company. Just drift off when you can. You know, I've been there in the deep, dark night, sleepless, clearly. So when I say this, I mean it. I'm glad you're here. I hope, I strive, I work hard, and I yearn to help you fall asleep. All right, so thank you so much for uh, giving the show a shot. All right, so we're talking about Season 5, Episode 24. Uh, The next phase is what we're going to be talking about next, uh, and it uh, starts with the Enterprise. Mid, we're in, like this one. We're mid action. I forgot. I read. Uh, I forgot what that's called. Mise, it's not mise en place or mise en scene, uh, but there's a word for it when you open in the middle of the action. And they're on their way to try to help a Romulan vessel. Riker's even in action. Uh, so Picard, Picard and Data are working on it. Uh, then Riker, I think Riker's down. Yeah, Riker, like, they're walking. As soon as he comes on screen, they're moving. He's with uh, Jordy and Worf and Roe, Ensign Roe. I don't know if we've seen Ensign Roe yet. Uh, I, I did see the episode Ensign Roe, but we haven't covered it on this uh, thing. Uh, but Ensign Roe's a little bit rebellious, uh She's wanting to bring a, a phaser with her. R- Riker's like, no, 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 we're, the, we're on a rescue mission. And let's see, let me give you the, there's not a commander's captain's log. We know there's a Romulan ship. It's in having an overload. And they're in trouble. Then Riker, they transport over. Then they transport over. We see their ships in, like, uh, it's, had, it's had a little uh, accident. Boo. Someone spilled something. And they also like when you know when you over like overboil something or something like it like that. And uh, the, the uh, let's see, uh, they they phase in or they transport in Riker, Worf, uh, Roe, and Jordy. Sorry, Commander LaForge. And we see oh we see people coughing a little bit. Uh, they say, "What did you burn the toast?" Uh, and there's the extinguishers. They say, well, if you burn the toast, we got to, like, uh, uh, Riker, let's see, what does Riker say? He says, hey, we're from Enterprise. We got your call. And one of the uh, Romulans says, the Enterprise, hey, oh, boy. You guys are, he doesn't say you guys are legends, but he says, by that swagger, his eyes said this, by that swagger, I can see you maybe, maybe you're, uh, that Riker dude, uh, no, he said it like Enterprise. I said I put WTF, or is it a <laughs> like? Sometimes people get irritated with my notes, but this is the truth. It looks like I wrote S U S P I C A C E. 
So suspicase, WTF, like why do you say uh, the Enterprise? Uh, Or is it a suspicious or something? Maybe that's what I said. Uh, Jordy and Roe, they go right to work on engine. They don't ask anybody where anything is or anything. And it's underneath like a console. Weird spot for like a critical engine parts. Like almost like a... You know, like, it's it's just weird. It's, like, built into the base of some console. But they start working on it instantly, as soon as they get in. And then, then they say, where are your replicators at? Which brings up a great Star Trek question I don't have an answer to, but I'm sure they, there is one about the rules of the world. Is what can and can't you replicate? Like, because obviously I guess they can't replicate the engine. But at first I thought they were going to do that. Also, this one has been answered because uh, you can't replicate love, I guess. Apparently, I asked that on a secret forum, and I got an answer instantly that you can't replicate love. <laughs> so, but I'm not sure about engines. Uh, so, that's interesting. Riker's a little bit testy, or is he just loud and authoritative? I don't know. But he's giving out orders, uh He's like, where are the replicators? Who's in charge? They say they're offline. And then they say, who's in charge? They say, well, the science officer now, the captain's out. He was, uh, he, he went out for breakfast because his toast was burnt. A big farm breakfast, as you humans say. And then Riker says, well, geez, we got to, I think they were going to, they said, Riker says, we're going to move the generator back to replicate it. So Jordy and Roe, uh, Maybe, oh, that must be the backup generator. So Jordy and Roe do that. They call uh, Brosimer or something, uh, a, new, a chief I'm unfamiliar with. And then they go, they, they're, they're going to head back uh, to people in a piece of equipment, Jordy says. Uh, but it's a no-go. The, the transfer, the uh, energizing and the... Uh, why can't I think of these things? Like, this is real. This is like a, whatever the, tra- the transporting does not work. They don't transport in and they don't, they, they transport out, but they don't go in. And last time we saw this happen was with that ambassador. And that was like an inside job. But this one, at least they say, uh, Riker says that she, they say, uh, that they didn't get to first they say, okay, we can't get them to the enterprise. So let's just send them back. And then Riker's like, where are they? And the chief says, well, I don't got them. Riker says, where are they? And she goes, I can't find them. And then she does a little bit more, and she says, we've lost them. And I think that was the open. Uh, Yeah, because then it opens on the bridge with a close-up of Captain Picard's hands behind his back, tapping, like, nervously, but he's looking for answers. Fixie to John looks to Troy. I don't know what that means. Uh, Fixie John. You know, he puts his knee up. He's standing behind Data. He says, Data, can you run, uh, uh, like, uh, to figure it out and uh, uh, do a diagnostic? And he goes, he goes, no, find them? He goes, no, I can't find them. And he goes, Counselor Troy? She goes, no. She just shakes her head. And he calls Riker, and Riker's like, Captain, you know, I realize there's a lot going on, but we've got, we need some, uh, we need a graviton generator. I need crew over here. And Picard says, you know, Data, like, try, like, try, try to figure it out another time, but, like, uh, get over there for now because uh, 
We need some engineers on that ship. And then he says, uh, Mr. McDowell, uh, uh, call the shuttle bay and have all ships and pilots uh, standing by. That really caught my attention. I said, holy uh, fan fiction. I'm not really familiar with the life of a, like a shuttle. I guess that could be a sleep with me uh, fan fiction. Uh, the life of a shuttle pilot. Let's see. So Riker business at hand. Yeah, they said, wow, that is some fine fic- fan fiction. Uh, Riker and the science officer are on the uh, Romulan ship trying to fix things. And then Worf's like, dude, we're sealed off in here. We like, uh, we can't get to the rest of the ship. There's like uh, like 76 Romulans around. And they're like, we got some Mikols or something. Like, And they say, well, how are we going to stop this overload? And they're like, we don't know. We can't get to the main mainframe. And Riker's like, we got to ditch the engine core is what we've got to do. He goes, do you have an auto-eject system? Yeah, they said, yeah, but it's not auto and it's not ejecting right now. we got to do it manually. So he says, Worf, uh, you two, uh, he goes, get, help him, get on it, because uh, we got to seal the ejection chamber or whatever. And they're like, we got one minute. Uh, and Worf and this dude, uh, or Romulan or whatever, they have to like clean up a bunch of broken stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, so they can do this manual thing. Very much like this is a. Uh, oh, there's a good scene coming up in a second, but very much like uh, turning the keys at the same time. They both have to pull these levers at the same time, so they have to time that. It, this is worth it. So if you're listening and you have a pen, seven minutes and eighteen seconds. Worf uh, does a dramatic and intense uh, hair throw, like he shakes his mane. I'm about to watch it. I'm at seven oh one right now. And there's a lot of activity on the ship. It's on mute uh, as I watch it here. But uh, right now, Riker's talking to one of the, uh, I don't know if Romulans are male and female, but uh, another Romulan officer. And here we go. Worf's about to pull pull his end. It's a little bit after 718, I think. There it was, uh, 720-something. He like turns his head dramatically, and it it, it fly, his hair flies. Great, great scene. Worth it. W- worth it. Uh, you know, you can watch this on Netflix or Amazon Prime. And then Worf and the science officer try to open this door. And again, I don't know if Riker was in the writers' room or what, but uh, like Worf and this dude are trying to move this pylon, and then uh, uh, they're like, "Hurry up!" You know. Uh, uh, oh, also, Worf was really fast at doing his part of the job, but the Romulan was slow. But they can't get this door, uh, this pylon, out of the way. And then Riker comes over and goes, oh, do, dude, I, could, I realize you're from the warrior, you know, whatever Worf is. But he says, I'll get it. And Riker, like, pulls this giant pylon, you know, with their help. Uh, but then they try to close these doors, and they can't do it right when Data shows up with his super strength. Uh Right in time, and he, like, you can hear him bending the metal or, you know, making the engines go in reverse as he slides these, en- like, these doors close, and then the engine gets ejected, and it makes some fireworks, uh, and the Romulans and the humans look at each other, and they say, whew, and Riker goes, well, we're still here, and the Romulan goes, yep, and Riker go- calls to rep- report to Picard, 
then Picard's like, I got to head to sick bay at 9.05, nine minutes, five seconds about. Uh, this confused me the first watch through. So this is spoiler alert, but, uh, like Roe is lying on the ground and Picard walks right by her legs. Also, she's wearing like a super sweet headband, really looks good and functional in more than one way, but she's sleeping on the floor. She kind of wakes up. She's a little bit out of it. Her communicator doesn't work. So, and she sounds gruff cause she just woke up and she goes down to sick bay too, but the door won't open. So then she has to sneak in when someone leaves and she's kind of walking around and no one notices her. Like, uh, this is twilight, twi- very twilight zone. Like she's like uh, looking at people like, like almost like she's not there or they're ignoring her on purpose, which I think is like, would have been her first instinct is like somehow she's getting shunned or something. And she's like, no one is anybody going to help me here. And no one does. Uh, and she tries talking all that, uh, the, the, like, I don't know. Are these, uh, I don't know what the term is for med techs. I don't know what their term is. Uh, uh, and actually, she's bugging them. They're, like, right in the middle of, like, working on somebody. So I said, what the heck, Ensign Rowe? No wonder they're ignoring you. Haven't you watched any ER before? Uh, but then we have Picard and Crusher talking. And Picard is, like, this was a little bit, bit like, the tone was slightly off here. Because Picard's like, well, uh, Jordy and Roe are gone. It's sad, but let's just close that case and move on to the next uh, the next task in hand. And Crusher's like, John Luke, like, no, 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 we haven't looked at, we haven't double checked everything. And he has, says, actually, we have. It was quick. They're uh, totally gone. Uh, they didn't rematerialize. It's too bad. And maybe this is just his way of dealing with his grief. And Crusher says, let's just double check. He goes, no, Beverly, write it up. Uh, just like on TV shows, uh, write up that certificate. And she goes, well, what about Ensign Rowe? Who's her first contact? Uh, and Rowe's there watching this. And Picard just seems resigned the whole time. Uh, and Rowe's trying to get his attention and she says, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here. She says about 50 times, uh, and then Picard just walks right through her like she's uh, phased out the next phase or, or like a Casper-like person. And there's a few seconds of like kind of her reaction when that happens, and she looks left, she looks right, she looks left. Uh, then we go to a commercial, and Dr. Crusher is using like a She's working on a pad, like a tablet and her desktop, uh, but their desktops are like one-handed, uh, I've noticed. Uh, but Rose trying to get uh, Dr. Crusher's attention because she's writing up uh, uh, the paperwork on uh, Roe, Dr. Crusher is. And she goes to like, she gets so irritated, Dr. Crusher won't, uh, she goes to like uh uh, put her hand down hard on uh, Dr. Crusher's computer, but she phases right through it. And then she kind of examines her hand. She tests that she's like, uh, I don't know what the word is, ethereal? Uh, she's not solid, I would say. And let's see. Uh, then she looks and sees what Dr. Crusher's typing up. Uh, and then other ship oh then we're on the other ship and they say Riker goes or the dude uh, silent science dude says we're ready commander 
And then they get uh, 400 kilos or something, columns of uh, power from the Enterprise via beam. And all the lights come on. Everybody's uh, smiling. But there's a long uh, stare by at Riker by the science officer for some uh, looks shady. Then Picard and Data are uh, on the bridge talking. And uh, they well, geez, we're working on this engine replacement. Don't worry. We're talking with Riker. Don't worry. We'll get that under, you know, it'll it'll get him moving. And Data says, hey, uh, anomaly something. I don't know what that says. Data. Oh, anomalous energy fluctuation. Uh, that's what did it. And then Cap- Data says, Captain, I have a personal favor to ask you. You know, Jordy was my best friend. I would like to do this memorial. Can I do so? And Picard says, permission granted. Make whatever arrangements seem appropriate. And Picard has kind of a serious face, of course. Uh, he goes, you know, do it. Then we're back on the other ship. we got a stern, what does that say? Stern look on ship. Uh, but there's some collaboration. Everybody's tapping, typing. One of the uh, Romulans very quickly... But Worf looks around, and there's something he doesn't like. And he says, uh, Commander, Romulans want a computer. He goes, we can't give them Federation technology. Unaccess- unacceptable security risk. And Riker goes, what about those ones with uh, Windows XP on them or uh, Snow Leopard? And he goes, you know, 30 or 40 years, like, uh, even worse than that, it would be like... Uh, I don't even know, but uh, they say, what about a 30- or 40-year-old computer? And Worf goes, that's satisfactory. He goes, okay, thanks for bringing it up. I just like that scene, maybe just because I like Worf so much, but it uh, just stuck out to me a little bit out of the flow, too. Oh, he also lowered his voice. He goes, Commander, the Romulans want a computer. Then we have Geordi in engineering. No one can see him, so Ro rolls up. She goes, dude, uh... He goes, she goes, yeah, I'm glad to see you. He goes, I'm not here. She goes, yep. Uh, he goes, I can't figure it out. We were transporting. And now we just float around through stuff. Uh, but they can touch hands and they do the very typical hand-to-hand uh, through the window thing. But this time it's hand-to-hand, like on the scene. And he goes, Jordy goes, well, we're solid to each other. And Roy goes, it's nothing like I imagined. And Jordy goes, what do you mean? She goes, dude. We transported out. We never tra- we transported to the big farm. And Jordy goes, "No, you kidding me?" She goes, "No, no, we got lost in transporter malfunction." And Jordy goes, "So we're floating around here?" And she goes, "Yeah, it's like a reverse, uh, what's his name's kind of movie." And Jordy goes, uh, "The whoa, the, oh, the one, well, yeah, with Bruce Willis." She goes, "Yeah." And she goes, but I don't believe in that. We believed in Borjas or something. But she goes, whatever you want to use. Uh, and Jordy goes, I got clothes on. In my in my dreams, I was nude. I guess is what Jordy's saying. Because he goes, I mean, he goes, I, you know, I would have had sight and not had clothes on if I was uh, in the big farm. And Rogue goes, well, I don't know, Jordy. I've never, I've never. Been. She goes, I've never been. It was a great line. The real line is really good. But she goes, uh, never been to the big farm in the sky before. And Jordy goes, well, we're not. And she goes, well, Dr. Crusher signed off on it, uh, so we are. And he goes, uh, I'm not ready for that. So 
So what is that, refusal or whatever? And Ro goes, well, you know, she goes, that's one of the stages of becoming a Boros is a refusal. And Jordy goes, well, you can, you know, do some whatever breathing. I'm going to get it to the transporter and figure out what's going on. Uh, let's see, solid hand to hand, you know, touching. Jordy's basically like, hell no. Uh, uh, 1430. What is that? Uh, but we were toast. I don't know what that means. Uh. Uh, so then, yeah, they said to go, there's an ad break after Jordy says, well, I'm going to figure this out. Then Data and Brosmer talk and the chief, uh, and Jordy's just kind of sitting on the edge of the transporter, listening in, is kind of leaning his, uh, head uh, against his hand. And Data's on the case, uh, says something with the Romulan ship, uh, and she goes, but that was before we got here. Cause yeah, there's something, Coronatron's in the air. And Jordy goes, what are you saying? Coronatron? I don't know what they're called, but, uh, you know, the transporter being beamed them aboard the ship. I think they got caught some kind of chronoton emissions, uh, not dangerous to humans, but clearly, uh, not great for transporters. And then Jordy tries to call Roe, but obviously he can't, uh, no dice. Roe's riding the lift, uh, and she says, thanks for the ride. This we'll talk about it later. And she goes and stands on the bridge, uh, and she says, she's, I'm here to say goodbye. She says to everybody, she touches her chair. She touches her workstation, which didn't make sense because, I mean, a heapy in, uh, whatever continuity, but her hands did not face through those. As a matter of fact, if a WTF solid exclamation point, question exclamation point, uh, then Riker and Picard come on, uh, they're talking. Rose starts listening in. They go in the ready room. Uh, they're trying to figure out what the Romulans are doing out there. And, you know, they're, they're Riker and Picard are like, they're up to something. And then Riker, Picard goes, by the way, you know, we're working on a memorial service. Riker goes, I'll be there. Ro goes, me too. And then Riker goes, I got a few words to say. And Picard goes, oh, that Jordy LaForge, I known you knew him a long time. He goes, no, Ensign Roe, I was going to talk about her. And she goes, Ro's like, what? Uh, Picard goes, fine, tell Data. He goes to Mr. Data, but instead of Commander, Lieutenant Data. Maybe he switches back and forth, I guess. And Ro goes, what are you going to say about me? There's like a little moment, you know, she's like, uh, what's up with Riker? A little mystery never gets resolved in this episode. I don't know on the series it gets resolved. I guess that's a spoiler, but, uh, and then, uh, she she's alone with the captain. She says she's captain, uh, you know, and still like uh, you're so impressive. Uh, but I wanted to say thanks for trusting me when no one else would. And Jordy breaks up to that moment. He goes, "You've got to listen." Data's taking a shuttle to Romulan. He goes, "We got to go." And she goes, "Why?" And he goes, "I think I'm on the case." Uh, and she goes, "The denial case." Uh, and he goes, "Listen." Uh, why don't we just try to do this? Even if you're right, it doesn't make a difference. And she goes, hmm, okay. Oh, Ro laughs. She had a nice laugh at first when she was going to tell the captain. She's like, you're so intimidating even when I'm not here. Uh, then they're on the shuttle, and there's a short scene with, uh, oh, there's a shot of, like, uh, a dated and wharf talking. But we pull back. We see Jordy and Ro listening in. And actually, even Data had a robotic, or Worf has a robotic thing. 
Because Dave's like, I'm working on a service. And Worf says, what kind of service? And he goes, a memorial service. Uh, and then Worf says, okay, there's a weird, uh, like, uh, mate, like, he goes, Shuttlecraft 4 hasn't cleared the Romulan ship. Uh, you think this was to give him time to talk? And Data goes, well, I don't know what service. And Worf goes, you know, these humans, they're lame. And they have these, like, solemn services. Uh, uh, so dull. And he goes, I guess that's what you'd probably do. Uh, he goes, but he, and then uh, Ensign Rowe goes, well, Rowe's not human. She's Bajoran, uh, and I'd like to respect her beliefs. Uh, but it's very complicated, the Bajoran. And, and Rowe goes, please don't do the chanting. And Worf goes, uh, yeah, Bajoran uh, farm chant is two hours long. And Data goes, well, I don't know if, you know, human or Pajoran rites are fitting. And I checked 5,000 other cultures. It didn't seem right. Uh, and then Wolf goes, uh, Shuttlecraft 4 is uh, cleared. Let's get moving, Data says. And Data goes, well, we have to have a farewell ceremony. I never knew what a friend was till I met Geordi. And he treated me as an equal, you know. He accepted me for what I am. And that I've learned is friendship, but I don't know how to say goodbye to that either. And Worf goes, well, her commander, uh, uh, well, first row goes, she sees almost human. And uh, Worf goes, I'm not the proper person to advise you about this. And he, he says, uh, why? The data says, why? He goes, well, I'm happy for your little forge. Uh, for a Klingon, it's a joy, joyful time. Uh, passing on duty means you're honored. He goes, it's time to celebrate. Uh, and then Data goes, okay, let's dock. Uh, and then uh, Jordy says, Data, you go, I think you're jumping the gun anyway. We're, we're coming back, buddy. Uh, also, Data, when Worf said, you know, I don't know if it's time for celebration, Data, like, uh, blinks, like, almost stunned. It was the first time I noticed that, uh, like, a very, very human reaction. And thinking about uh, the episode of The Wall. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it just stuck out to me. Uh, Data was stunned and blinking. Uh, then at 2418, there's like a mystery dude in the captain's chair just kind of sitting there staring, which, you know, these are the kind of things when you watch an episode a bunch of times you catch. Uh, but then right after that's hilarious, Data, or Jordy sticks his head in, uh, into like a computer console, like phases right into it and looks around and then we see the captain's chair, silent person again, silent uh, Romulan. That's a new Jean Le Car, Jean Le Car novel. It was a silent Romulan. It was a like a, it was a, like a bigger universe, a Star Star Trek bigger universe one. Uh, let's see, interviewing. Oh, Data's interviewing people while they. Geordi uh, peeks his head in the thing. Uh, and they say, Jesus, what do you, what's this interview about? They say, J J J Data's like a safety check. Uh, and they said, he said, well, what went wrong? And they said, well, like, uh, even our cloaking device got busted. Data goes, oh, that's what the chronoton fields are. They're everywhere. And we got to get rid of those emissions because uh, we don't know what will happen with the new engine core. And then Jordy goes to row. There's some kind of uh, phase inverter in here. Changes the structure of matter, uh, and then says, oh, "Wait a second. Uh, we heard the Klingons were working on a phase inverter cloaking device years ago, 
maybe, uh, you know, then a ship could, like, hide inside a planet, you know, because it's a phased matter, and, you know, no one could mess with it. And uh, uh, Rogue goes, well, how far did they get? And they said, not very far, but maybe the Romulans are working on it now. And Rogue goes, and that would explain the chroniton fields. And then Jordy says, and us too. Rogue goes, you mean we're cloaked? She goes, no, full of phased and cloaked, Jordy says. Uh, we don't have any substance. That's funny. And Rogue goes, well, that would mean we're not uh, like uh, passed to the farm. And we go, yeah, no. It would mean that. Then uh, Data gets called. Uh, well, Jordy goes, then there's a way out. If there, if we're phased, we can unphase. Uh, and then Data's working about the emissions, and the Romulans are like, don't worry. And then Worf's like, can I talk to you? And then uh, we see the captain again. Uh, or maybe not yet, but... Um, then the, uh, like, Romulans are conspiring against the Enterprise. They're like, let's load up their power beam with a bunch of junk. It'll mess up their ship, uh, and they won't even know it. Uh, send them all to the big farm. And Jordy and Ro are in the background listening over their shoulders. And Jordy's like, we got to get to the Enterprise. Then everyone breaks up, and then the camera goes on to the dude in the captain's chair. He's got some serious eyebrow peeking going. And he's looking thoughtful, his eyes are moving, and then he follows uh, uh, Jordy and Roe, and they phase, he phases through a console, double exclamation point, a head break. So that was a pretty, pretty big reveal. Then there we see the like uh, exterior of the two ships with the energy beam. That looks cool. Then we see the Romulan dude, the captain, I assume, coming out of the shuttle bay. Uh, Jordy and Roe are looking at uh, re- Ro- re- read. Oh, looking at readouts. Uh, well, Data, uh, like, uh, and Bosmer, Brosmer, whatever. Talk about uh, chroniton fields. Uh, real boring. Uh, but it reveals that uh, as Jordy and Roe watch, it's like, oh wait, we're leaving chroniton footprints everywhere. Uh, so everyone's trying to figure it out at the same time in different ways or in parallel. So it wasn't really boring. I don't know why I said that. Uh, and they said, Jesus, could we, like, narrow things down to track this? Uh, and Bossomer says, I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, and we see the Romulan. Everybody splits up. But we see the Romulan on the Enterprise looking around. Uh, then Jordy and Data, they go through the credits. They kind of reestablish uh, the exposition again so everybody understands Uh and they're trying to figure it out with talking. Uh, so they re-go through the chroniton fields and the phasing and, like, trying to find how we're going to rephase them. Because uh, Jordy talks about the chroniton fields on the wall. Then uh, you're trying to get Jada's attention by phasing everything, phasing through everything. Uh, then we see, we switch back to the, the Romulan commander, and Roe, and he surprises Roe. He says, yeah, don't move. I can see you. He's got his phaser. And she goes, what, what the heck is? She goes, who are you? He goes, uh, he goes, where's the dude, the scientific officer with, uh, those with you? He said he could phase back. He goes, yeah, this works by the way. Where, where is he? Where is the one like us? Uh, he, they call them disruptors though, not phasers. Then we see Jordy messing with Data again. He goes, stop being so rational, Data. Use your imagination. 
And then Data does some kind of like it, whatever they're going to do to clean up the Chronoton fields. And it, it kind of defazes Jordy, but only a tiny bit onion fields or something. And then Jordy's like, okay, that's going to work if you get a, if you up to power. Also, when Data gets done, he wrist flicks closed his like scanner. I thought it was a really cool move. Uh, but Jordy's like, you got to keep going. Then this is around 31 minutes in. This is a really good scene, a really fun. Rowan the Romulan, she's leading him to find Jordy. And then she, like, this is the most action, like, this is a really action-packed, fun 1980s scene, even though I think it took place in the 90s, because uh, she does some kung fu. And then we have this awesome chase scene, really awesome chase scene. I'm not, like, being facetious. Uh, really fun. Because she runs through a wall, and then the, like, Romulan chases her. Uh, then we're back with Data and Jordy. It's 300%. What does that mean? Oh, because he fires after her with his disruptor, which raises the chronoton field 300%. Uh, uh, but then it's really, like, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the 80s movie. Maybe it was the 90s. I guess it was maybe a 90s movie, The Naked Gun, or movies like that. But this chase scene is like that movie. It just with daytime TV. So, uh, Jordy and Data are trying to follow the chronoton fields. And they run through row in the, uh, they're chasing each other through walls. She, they run into a woman. She was just getting out of the shower. She's in a towel brushing her hair. And I said, that's like, like, she's in like a iridescent towel. Then there's a dude doing pushups, uh, close pushups too. They call them prison cell pushups. And he's just working out. They run right, they phase right through him as he's doing his workout. And great, he's really good at push-ups. I said, man, that dude is in shape. Uh, doesn't quite do him to full uh, height, but whatever. I can't do him that that many, I don't think. Uh, let's see, Jordy, and uh, they follow thing. Uh, then, yeah, date and Jordy again. Then there's a romantic candle at dinner, and Roe and the dude, uh, like the couple are feeding each other, and the guy finally trips up Row, and then they battle, and then the doorbell rings, and Data's like, "Hey, I'm conducting a survey about chronoton fields. Uh, I know you're in the middle of this romantic dinner." Meanwhile, Row and the um, Romulan are like in the middle of uh, you know kung fu action, and then Geordi uh, uh, looks up, and he's like, "Whoa." And he kind of pushes the guy, but the guy phases through the exterior wall, and he's out uh, out in the vacuum, which kind of, uh, I mean, it brings up some questions, but, but it was also like this homage moment. Like, if you see it, it's like an homage to other moments in other movies, or movies have homaged it, I don't know. Uh, but he goes out to space, he loses his uh, disruptor. And they watch him. They they watch his homage moment. Uh, thanks. Uh, any. What does this mean? Thanks anytime. Oh, that's what Rose says to Jordy. And then there's an ad. Then we're on the bridge, uh, but they don't know about the booby trap. Uh, the Romulans is set, and the Romulans are like, we're good to go. Thanks so much, Captain Ricard. And Captain Ricard's like, oh, totally our pleasure. Uh, so good to help you. Hopefully, this will make our relations better. And this is great, you know, like step forward in human Romulan relations. Uh, have a safe trip. Uh, and then Picard says, let's head for Gradius uh, system, warp six, and uh, 
Jordy's like, don't, don't, don't. But, and then Roe's like, don't. But then uh, the chief is like, uh, yeah, we're still doing decon of this Chronoton Fields. Uh, Jordy and Roe are so happy they hold hands, uh, uh, kind of like a, a bridge, uh, like, oh, in a victory. They put, yeah, and then they, they, they will have to go somewhere. Oh, they say, Okay, we got to figure this out now because now the clock is really ticking. Uh, so they say we got to go somewhere where there's uh, a lot of people. And Picard says, well, if we're not going to go to warp, I might as well go uh, uh, to the service. And Riker goes, yeah, it's time, buddy. And then they say, Roe and uh, Jordy say, okay, like, uh, let's send forward. Let's do that. Uh, there's a short show. When Picard's ready to go, he pulls his shirt down. Uh, he goes, you have the bridge, McDowell. Uh, oh, yeah, Riker says, it's time, sir. Uh, so they say, oh, 10 The Jordy says, perfect. Uh, they get on the lift. They put a star here because Jordy and Roe rush on at the last second, which I said, Why? if you can face or stuff, I don't get it. Uh, but then it's deck 10, and then it's a time for a private conversation. Of course, that's being listened into. And Picard's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I first met uh, young Jordy LaForge, uh, you know, he said this floor looks like it's a mess in, or something. You know, he stayed up all night making it more efficient. Uh, and I said, I got to get this guy to work for me. And he goes, you know what you're going to say about Instant Row? And Riker goes, yeah, it wasn't easy. He doesn't say anything more. Row's like, what? Uh, what wasn't easy? And he goes, Picard goes, yeah, it's never easy like this, number one. Uh, let's see. Oh, and Roe was so serious. No, uh, somebody was so serious. Oh, Riker has a serious face. Yes, it wasn't easy. And then we go, they go to Dyke 10, or the 10-4. There's a Dixieland jazz party going on. Some people are in uniform and some are in casual dress. Uh, Jordy is very happy about this. He is so happy. He goes, this is uh, great. Uh, he goes, they're, ha- they're having a party for us. And Roe goes, yeah, that's not uh, not cool. And Jordy goes, let's get started. And Rose starts shooting the disruptor off. Uh, and she starts having fun with the disruptor. It's very comedic. Uh, 3748. Uh, 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 Riker goes, Riker and uh, Picard get there. Riker goes, well, this is unusual. And Riker's jamming already. His head's bopping. He goes, yeah, I like it. And then he picks up a trombone and starts jamming with the jazz band. Uh, unbelievable. And Roe uh, goes up to him and she goes, now I'll never know what you're going to say about me. And she fires the disruptor, but it phases through him at Riker. Uh, then Data says uh, uh, to Dr. Crusher, what do you think about this? Is this appropriate? She goes, yeah, everybody's sharing. This. She goes, this is great. Great job, Data. And then Brassimer calls. She goes, there's, there's tons of Chronoton fields up there. Should I wait? And Jordy goes, or I mean, Data goes, no, they're harmless. Uh, and she goes, oh. And then uh, they tr- like uh, Jordy and um, Roe try to hold each other. And they almost come back, but it's not powerful enough. They go, Worf, Worf, can you hear us? Uh, we're right here. And they say, geez, we got to make it stronger then. Then Picard and uh, Crusher are talking about something with Roe at Garon 4, that she would have been a lieutenant commander if whatever happened. Then McDowell calls and he says, we got to get to Gradius 4, you know, diplomatic situation. 
Amber Guard goes, uh, all right, we got to get moving. And then Jordy's like, the clock is ticking. It's about to go on. Uh, and Rogue goes, I could overload the disruptor. And Jordy's like, do it, do it. And Picard goes, I want to get moving. And Data goes, okay, let's, uh, I think we're clear. Then the disruptor goes up. Uh, oh, wait, let's see. I missed a couple of things. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, here we go. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. I lost my spot here. Trombone. Uh, Data asks if it's okay. Uh, tons of credits on. Here we go. And uh, looks like an ice bath uh, is like when they flood the, when they do the chronotons, uh, I guess it looks like those two are in an ice bath. uh, And uh, is this, I guess, no, this is the first time. And then because Worf's at the fruit, he's at the fruit plate. He's eating fruit at the fruit plate, drinking prune juice. Sorry, I jumped out of of phase there. And then... um, then they flood the thing after the disruptor blows. Roe and Jordy hug, and they're standing in front of Cap- Captain Picard and Data, holding one another. They kind of appear in and out, uh, and Data says, Geez, did you see that? Uh, or maybe Picard says it, and Data says, Yes, sir. And then, uh, like, they kiss, they kind of phase in, and they phase back out, and then Jordy's like, Come on, Data, put it together. And Picard goes, those weren't uh, people from the big farm. What was that? Uh, Data goes, I think I figured it out. And Jordy goes, please. Uh, he goes, the chronoton fields, he goes, they're cloaked. Uh, Picard goes, so they're okay? He goes, yeah, they're here. They're just cloaked. Uh, we'll just do a super onion sweep. Uh, and they do that. And then Roe and Jordy, they fall, fall to the floor, but they get back. And then the party stops. Uh, and Jordy goes, Data, do you see us? He goes, of course uh, I do. And then Jordy go, calls engineering right away. He goes, turn off the warp engines. There's a muon wave, you know, in the dilithium chamber. It's total fix. And there's a big hug. Uh, there's a great, there's a shot of a warp reaction and a Riker reaction. Riker's reaction shots while he's on the trombone. Uh, that's all in this scene. Big hug. Everybody's so happy. Data and Jordy have a moment where uh, uh, Jordy puts his hand on Data's shoulder, and he goes, it looks like a good, great party. And Data goes, Jordy, it is good to see you. And he goes, thanks, Data. He goes, this was a great, great one. You did a great job uh, sending me off. Uh, so everything's A-OK. Then, we, then we're at ten post-party moment in the 10 forward. Yeah, this reminded me, my parents didn't have a ton of parties when I was little, but I remember the few times they did, we would be, we weren't allowed to go. Like, I think it was just my mom's brothers and sisters and stuff. Uh, uh, my parents would have been in their tw- late 20s or something, I think. Uh, so probably pretty good parties, but we would be forced to go to bed and stay in our rooms and not leave our rooms. Sometimes we'd sneak in, and maybe if we did, but it was so boring, uh, Watching adults drink and talk anyway. It's still boring, except for, the, you know, obviously the one part that wasn't boring, you know, and did it for me. But uh, but the coolest part was the next day, much like this scene with Roe and Jordy, where the leftovers from the party, we could go upstairs and watch Saturday cartoons and anything left from the party, like Melba Toast or something strange. Like, that we that would be the only time in our lives till we were adults or, you know, you had that snack mix once that was big. Like, uh, 
that you'd have something like that. So that's something I remember that this scene reminded me of. Uh, so they're alone. It's a post-party, and Jordy's eating rolls. And Rose like, you won't stop eating because we haven't eaten in two days. Uh, and he goes, what's wrong? And she she goes, nothing. And Jordy goes, come on. And she goes, well, I had these pejoran beliefs. Uh, you know, I kind of practice it, but not totally. It didn't believe in the life after life thing. But then I found myself in a situation where I was confronted with these beliefs. Uh, and it made me like feel like a, a fool or arrogant uh, for discounting everything I've been taught. Uh, now I don't know what to believe. I felt like this was kind of a cheap shot by Jordy and passive aggressive. But really, you had to lighten, lighten the mood to end it. Uh, and, you know, I think Star Trek is great at raising questions, which is much better than answering them anyway. And I guess you wouldn't respond to something like a metaphysical question for Roe, but I just didn't like Jordy goes, well, he goes, maybe we should develop our own interface device. If it can teach Roe Laren humility, it can do anything. But I guess like humility is an important thing to have. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't appreciate it for some reason. So, Oh, also, Roe has, when she's trying to make her point, she takes a breadstick. They had breadsticks. That's another thing that you'd find after an adult party in the 1980s or whatever uh, that you could eat while having car- watching cartoons. Uh, but she takes a breadstick and kind of holds it while she's making her point. She doesn't use it as a pointer or anything. It's just holding it close to the table. So great, great, great episode. I really am... Uh, I don't know. I watched this one. I think uh, my schedule was weird the past two weeks, so I may watch this one one or two more times than normal uh, just because of my obsession and stuff. But uh, yeah, great, good, 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 a good, good episode. Really good one. And so I think that's it. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, the next phase. Good night.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster who, when he hears the word hi-hat, I think I think a name of Cherry, but now I'm thinking it might be someone else. Uh, and if none of that means anything to you, here's what something means to you. This is the cherry on top of your pillow. But, you know, just a, like a plush cherry, not an actual one, because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And tonight's show is brought to you by Gamefly. Sign up for a premium 30-day uh, one-game trial at uh, GameflyOffer.com slash feral. That's GameflyOffer.com slash feral. And let me know you heard this ad. Tell me you want to play them all uh, with the hi-hat. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a hi-hat emoji, but Mr. Bird's got a hi-hat song about Gamefly. Thanks, Mr. Bart. So tweet or Facebook me or whatever. Let me know you want to play all the games over at Gamefly, where you can get 8,000 new releases and classics for Xbox One, 360, all the PlayStations, all the Wiis, even older systems. You can run as many console and handheld games as you want, delivered right to your mailbox, one low monthly fee. You can keep the games if you like them, buy them at a low used game cost. But there's no late fees. That's the best part. A game just comes to you, play it till you're done, then you just send it back in a pre-addressed, uh, you know, stamped envelope. Plus, you can get DVD movies and Blu-rays, and the Blu-rays is a nice feature because otherwise you say, "Geez, where am I going to get a, a, a Blu-ray of that a sweet, sweet comic book movie?" And all you got to do is go over to GameflyOffer.com slash Feral. It's so easy. You're signing up for a free 30-day trial for one game out. And let me know, and I'm going to set a game night we could play together uh, just for people who are signing up for Gamefly. But let me know here at this ad. You know, tweet at me the hi-hat uh, or Nanny Cherry, your favorite Nanny Cherry song. And that, that's it. Thanks, Gamefly. GameflyOffer.com slash Feral. You know, what's another favorite product of mine? Sleep phones. Uh, and you got to check out sleep phones effortless. Go to uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sleep phones. And you sleep with me for $5 off your order. The most comfortable way uh, to listen to speakers in a soft, stretchy head, headband. I almost said head fan. And if you already have sleep phones, now's the time to get your summer sleep phones. You, like I see, you could get the, the Breeze Fabric or the Run Phones headphones. Uh, but do yourself a favor. It's the most comfortable way to listen to the show. Go to uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sleepphones, and you sleep with me for $5 off your order. Thanks, uh, Sleep Phones. And tonight's episode is put together with the hard work of uh, Carl W., the legend who edited this episode, Chris Posty Posterson, who did the theme music, Jonathan Mann on the hi-hat and the lullabies, in the Buffalo stance, that's me at Dear Scooter, you know, being goofy. You can get me on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. The easiest way to get it in a podcasting app. If you don't know what podcasting app is, feel free to ask me. Uh, Scotty and Jennifer honor, honor, honor our artwork. And the listeners have a Facebook group where they support each other. They talk about things. They talk about the podcast. Uh, and if you're awake, usually someone else is on there. That's at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. That's a direct link there. And the listeners who moderate that group are Summer and Sarah, 
Stacy, Laura, and Keith, and Julie, and Jennifer. And that's it. Let's get on with the show. And before we get to the Trek Talk, don't forget to check out Gamefly. Get your free 30-day one-game trial at GameflyOffer.com slash Feral. It's convenient. Games are shipped directly to you with a pre-addressed envelope. Easy returns. There's no contracts. You can cancel any time. You can have, you know, depending on the plan, you can have multiple games out and movies out. And here's the best part. The rentals ship to arrive on the actual game release dates. So no more standing in line waiting for releases at midnight or whatever the heck. You, you know, this podcast is supposed to put you to sleep. And let me know you heard this ad. Tweet, tweet me hi-hat. And then after you sign up uh, for Gamefly, let me know and we'll schedule a game night. We'll play some, we'll, we'll play like some game together. Gameflyoffer.com slash feral. Thanks, uh, Gamefly.
Uh, I want to thank everybody with the kindness on YouTube. Uh, uh, Kennedy, uh, Danny, Uma, Clementine. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Roland, thanks, and good night. Stargy, thank you, and good night. Nikki, thanks, and good night. Uh, Chrissy K, thanks, and good night. Queen Ivy, thanks, and good night. D to the W. Uh, thanks, uh, Nikki again, Sam B, thanks and good night, uh, Lena G, thank you and good night, uh, Princess P, thanks and good night, User, thanks and good night, uh, Kyla KK, thanks and good night, uh, Corinne, thank you and good night, uh, David D, thanks and good night, Betsy, thank you and good night. Uh, hey, Jay, thanks and good night. Mikey, Megan G, thank you and good night. Princess P, thanks and good night. Uh, Faria, thank you and good night. Betsy, thanks and good night. Uh, Brittany, thanks and good night. Stephanie, thank you. Say, thanks. Callie, thanks and good night. Melanie, thanks and good night. Lupa, thanks and good night. Revere, thanks and good night. Awesome, thanks and good night. Trav, thank you and good night. Uh, Dog, thanks and good night. Osa, thanks and good night. Will, thank you and good night. Crazy Cat Girl, thanks and good night. Suri, thank you and good night. Carlito, thank you and good night. Thomas, thanks and good night. Uh, Ellen, thanks and good night. Uh, Perrin, thanks and good night. Uh, Abs, thanks and good night. Maddie, thanks and good night. Uh, say what, thank you and good night. Actually, thanks and good night. Uh, uh, Dana, thank you and good night. Uh, Heba, thanks and good night. Corrosive, thanks and good night. Daniel, thanks and good night. Uh, Blaze, thanks and good night. Uh, Damien, thanks and good night. Aaron, thanks and good night. Nikki, thanks and good night. Uh, Eggnog, thanks and good night. Uh, Afa, thanks and good night. Revere, thanks and good night. Uh, Brian, thanks and good night. T Monk, thanks and good night. Roar, thanks and good night. Katie, thanks and good night. Uh, Marzipan, thanks and good night. Fluffy, a chicken unicorn dog, thanks and good night. Carlos, thanks and good night. Roronona, thank you and good night. Pro Gamer, thanks and good night. Uh, Cake, thanks and good night. Uh, Deborah, thank you and good night. Dragon Size, thanks. Dennis, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Living, thank you and good night. KT, thanks and good night. Uh, Allie, thanks and good night. Uh, G-Man, thanks and good night. Uh, Name, thanks and good night. Daniel, thanks and good night. Uh, Ryan, thanks and good night. Gemma, thanks and good night. Film Music, thanks and good night. Tony, thanks and good night. And the Hall, thanks and good night. Rant, thanks. Hayden, thanks. Uh, Red Riding, thank you. Leanne, thank you. Uh, Tiana, thanks and good night. Evie, thanks and good night. Last Match, thanks. Uh, Mark, thanks. Uh, memes, thanks. Uh, bingo, thanks. Uh, 
Alyssa, thanks. Uh, Sean, thanks. Uh, Gab, thanks. Abigail, thank you. Jenny, thank you. Uh, Zoo, thanks. Big G, thanks. Uh, Tempest, thank you. Uh, Derek, uh, thanks. Uh, uh, Joey, thanks. Uh, Superfly, thanks. Uh, Trayvon, thanks. Eric, thanks. Kelly, thank you. Gail, thank you. Evie, thank you. Crystal, thanks. Uh, Kyle, thank you. Uh, Renee, thanks. Uh, Justine, thank you. Nico, thanks. Artie, thanks. And Farrell, thanks. Uh, thanks so much, everybody on YouTube. Thanks and good night.